When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the spirit of reconciliation, the Theatre Thoughts podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all traditional custodians of the land on which our episodes are recorded. listening to the Theatre Thoughts Podcast, your backstage pass to the world of theatre in Australia and beyond. I'm Justin, your guide through the drama, comedy and pure magic of the stage from the heart of Australia to the grandest stages worldwide. Join us here for enlightening conversations, reviews and behind the scenes stories from the artists themselves. Subscribe for your regular dose of theatre inspiration and consider supporting us on Patreon for exclusive content. Follow us on Instagram at theatrethoughtsaus and ttpod underscore official and discover even more over on our TikTok, Theatre Thoughts Australia. So join us as we rise the curtain on a brand new episode of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. No, no, no. I'll be right back and then you can open the presents. Okay. Yeah. Alright, let's get this sorted. Yeah. Alright. Welcome everyone to a very special bonus episode of the Theatre Thoughts Podcast. I'm sitting in front of a cosy fire in your imagination currently. I have a glass of wine or a sherry or an eggnog, whatever you think I should be having in my hand right now. I am bringing you the very special wrap-up episode of the Theatre Thoughts podcast for 2023. It's been a massive year here at the podcast. We've had amazing guests from all over the arts sector, some being from the musical theatre industry, some producing plays, some being playwrights, some being actors, some being producers and directors. So we've had a broad range of guests from international as well as national right here in Australia. Throughout this bonus episode, I'm going to take us back on some of my favourite moments from throughout the latest season as well as season two of the podcast. You'll hear back from some of our highlights from season two and season three of the podcast throughout 2023, as well as some of my personal favourite guests that I loved having on the podcast this year. So first up, we're going to jump back into a recent episode featuring Sheridan Adams and Courtney Monsma from Australia's production of Wicked, as well as probably our biggest guest on the podcast so far, Stephen Schwartz, as we talked about The Prince of Egypt, the musical. 
speaking of trying to get each other to laugh, I'd love to play my little game I've set up for you. Yes. <laughs> um, so we'll see if we can try to get each other to laugh in these awfully bad Wizard of Oz wicked jokes that okay. I've made. Okay. So <laughs> take a second to whatever you need. Mm-hmm. And then um, whoever would like to start, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I, this one's on the nose in my, in my opinion. But um, why is Wicked a must-see show? Because it's one of the most popular shows there is. <laughs> now, you know who wrote that one? Who? Liam Head. <laughs> Liam, I <laughs> thought we didn't laugh. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Liam, I worry about you. <laughs> I really do. Singing in the shower is fun until you get soap in your mouth. Then it's a soap opera. Did Liam write that one? No. Okay. <laughs> How do we know Madame Morrible was a good witch? Because she brought the house down. <laughs> <laughs> No, that one's brilliant. I'm just imagining Robin like that. that, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Only an American could have written The Wizard of Oz. Anywhere else, he'd be the Wizard of 28G. Now, I find that very funny because Oz is in like the, the weight system. America ounces. versus ounces. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'm clever enough. Okay, grams. <laughs> right. But that's funny if I was I clever. thought it was. Maybe that it's went, one you need to see, like to oh, look at. Oh, yes, know. yes. Yeah. But even then, like, like pounds and yeah. yeah. That's oh, funny. That's funny. <laughs> I've been trying to understand why my candle has such bad insomnia. Guess there's no rest for the wicked. <laughs> that's a red one too. <laughs> These are my kind of humour because they're silly. Because they're silly. Mm. Best. Okay. Not doing well. Scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz is by far the greatest character of all time. <laughs> no one could hold a candle to him. that's the one that's the one (laughs) that's actually funny i love that that. this one's funny i shouldn't say that because it's ruined it how many actors does it take to change a light bulb only one the rest stand around saying it should be me up there that's funny that's funny (laughs) i'm like yeah get it especially when the bubble (laughs) yeah Yeah, that'd be me up there (laughs) okay this one's a long one the wizard of oz takes on a whole new plot when you look at it from toto's perspective as much as <laughs> you like that already, as much as Dorothy misses Kansas, Toto misses the rains down in Africa. That is funny. Is a good one. That is brilliant. And I didn't even read it fully, so it really hit me as I was reading it too. Oh, it just hit you? <laughs> just wrote this. I was like, why? Is he from, he's from Kansas. He's from Kansas as well. <laughs> Silly. Excellent. A classically trained performer just became a spy. I guess you could say they perform thespionage. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. It's like thespionage. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this one's my favorite. Okay. Now, it could be the worst one, but it's, for me, I, it's brilliant. Why did the scarecrow get an award? Why? He was outstanding in his field. <laughs> See? That's brilliant. Not... And I just picture Liam it's getting the scarecrow taken based away. Jokes, oh. uh, can I tell you a funny story? Yes, so yes. there's a moment um, in the show where Liam and I will say a bad joke to each other. And um, for opening, he got me like a, a dad jokes book. And oh, we say nice. jokes. So I'm actually going to say these to him Excellent. in the show. You, you so. feel free to take yes. them. Yes. Well, actually, that's a great segue because I was going to actually talk about the music now for um, for Prince of Egypt. Well, thank you, first of all, for doing our Theatre Thoughts questions. I love that so <laughs> much. Um, but the what you just said about um, replicating and kind of being inspired by that music, when I was listening to Prince of Egypt in terms of the, you know, the big musical version, I was listening to it and what you said about capturing Egypt and the vastness of it it was reminiscent to me of some of the music that was in Miss Saigon. 
in terms of the vastness of the situation mm-hmm. that the characters yeah. found themselves in, especially with Deliver Us as this big, powerful opening number. And I was just like, it's yeah, it's like, I, I just had flashes of Miss Saigon because I was like, big, beautiful, punchy vastness of the entire space. And I'd love to know, like, when you were working on this music, what was the influences for you to get all these other songs? Because obviously you worked on it way back in 1998, 1999, but adapting it to the stage would have been a very different task altogether. It, it was, but I returned to the same sources that I used, uh, you know, obviously my research from the, uh, when I was doing the film, uh, I didn't throw it away. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I still had it. And, you know, I had recordings of ancient Egyptian court music, how anyone knows what it was. I don't know, yeah, but right. apparently someone did some research and recorded what they could find. Um, I have recordings of, you know, Hebrew um, lullabies and music from that period. I, I mean, that, that that part of the world and also, frankly, sort of pop, um, some, some sort of pop records that I got when I was on my trip to Egypt and kind of bought on the streets of Cairo, oh, wow. um, you know, just, just to try and get that flavor. Yeah. And the, you know, obviously with a movie, you, you can have a 90 piece orchestra. So you're not able to do that in a show, but we wanted to get the epic quality mm. that the score for the movie had, um, Justin, that you were just talking about. Um, and the orchestrator, uh, August Eriksson, is a guy who's extremely good with um, bringing authentic kind of ethnic instruments. And he did the um, orchestrations, for instance, for Come From Away. Where oh, he got right. Northern Canadian. So he's very good at interpolating authentic instrumentation into his score. And um, and so he in, he did that as well with the orchestrations for Prince of Egypt. So there are a lot of authentic Middle Eastern I- instruments, particularly percussion instruments, mm. but some wind instruments as well that are used as part of the orchestra. Wow, wow, wow. Even in listening to that back, I still pinch myself in knowing that I got to have Stephen Schwartz here on the Theatre Thoughts podcast. So that was very special. Next up, we're going to have a look back on our live episodes, which we started in 2023. We were very lucky to be welcomed into Meiraki Arts Bar before it sadly shut its doors to do some live recorded episodes in front of an audience post-shows for a couple of different amazing productions. So you're going to hear from our live recordings from Expiration Date, Short Blanket and the Tough Titties Q&A. And speaking of, and you too, Purple Tape Productions... So it's just, is am I correct? It is just you two who are the... It's just us. It? We do everything. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for example, in this show, we did the set, the lights. I directed it. Tyler Production managed it. We produced it. Um, and it came through our pipeline. So we kind of, we went to, we all went to uni together. We all went to UAW. Um, woo. woo. <laughs> and yeah, you went Justin. So UAW represent. Um, but yeah, we kind of realised that uh, we can do all of it ourselves and it's way better, even though it does stress us out sometimes. Um, I think we actually work really well that way because we just get each other. Um, so it just makes it nice and easy. Well, uh, before I, I steal everyone's questions, I want to open up to room. If anyone has a question they want to ask before I keep chatting away, um, if anyone's got a question, feel free to... 
we'll do it like school. Pop your hand up and I'll come <laughs> over to you. <laughs> oh, excellent. I'm coming over to the Bless mic. you, Tom Cruddy. <laughs> you don't have to say your name if you don't want to. You can just ask a question. Hi, my name's Tom. I'm from Darlinghurst. Hi, Tom. <laughs> Hi, Tom. <laughs> I just had a quick question for Lily Heyman. Oh, really God. Okay, <laughs> sure. I've never held one of these before. Um, <laughs> When I congratulations on the show, it was great. Cheers, well, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Um, when I first saw that there was a show set in an elevator, I got a bit claustrophobic because as an audience member, I go, "How does that work? <laughs> how do I um, stay?" In- I was I was interested in how I was going to be engaged in a show that's just set in this four by four place. Um, I was. Thank you, thank you. It was great. But my question is, um, for actually anybody can answer this. But as as a director, Lily, I was wondering, how did you um, meet that challenge, and what was that like in the rehearsal room? Being like, cool, we've got this one space, we can't leave it. That's the premise of the show. Um, How do we keep this engaging? Yes, um, I actually have to credit these two a lot because I actually came on quite late in the show, so um, they already had kind of the bare bones of what you saw tonight um, ready to go when they asked me to direct it. So um, as we said, we did a um, kind of a development showing in May of last year, which is when Roe v Wade was overturned. Um, and I was just the producer that provided the space for the development to happen um, and kind of came in at the end and got to see it. And Lana kind of asked me at the end of that if I would like to direct it moving forward. And I said yes. Um, and they'd done a lot of that um, energetic work themselves. And I think that's because it comes this play comes from them so a lot of the energy of the work is theirs um so I didn't have to do heaps of work about like getting that right but then when I came in I think it was just about being that person outside of the elevator who could help make the picture work um so it could be like okay like yeah it's great that you're talking to each other in this bit but this is really important and you're facing the back <laughs> so <laughs> which happens around. so much <laughs> um so oh, a lot like, <laughs> nice wall I was like yeah thanks yeah I was like mm-hmm, <laughs> open your eyes please like <laughs> literally like, all, like these were some of the really early directions um that I took with it but then I really want to say that after Adelaide, actually, I think we learnt a lot from Adelaide because we had no set, we had no lights, it was a piece of tape on the ground and these two acting. <laughs> and um, there was a few people who saw it in Adelaide who've seen it up here and, like, definitely I think it's come into its own here with all those things and a bit of new writing. But I think we learnt a lot from that, that that we could hold the energy of that work when these two were on and when they were with each other. You could just hold the energy. Um, and so that was great for me as a director because my usual style is to duck in and out of moments and like have all this movement and like most of my shows have puppets in them and like <laughs> la 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 I'm a big theatrical kind of director so coming down to doing this was big um was really exciting because I was like I can do that yeah. <laughs> I can do this too it was really nice so I'm really glad I got to have that challenge and and play with it with two people that I'm very good friends with as well I think About that a helped. week ago <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't. It took me an embarrassingly long time to realize. I like read the script and I read the flea bag scene and I thought our characters were dating and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then you and Tiffany said, oh, we're not going to make them date anymore. And I was like, oh, okay. And then that scene was still in there and I was like, oh, why are they still dating? <laughs> Actually. They they did used to date in one of the earlier drafts. Okay. Plot twist. Uh, Joey ends up with Gloria. Yeah. yeah. That, that, oh. is that is canon. <laughs> 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 no, I remember 
reading the audition scenes and being quite confused because <laughs> there were there were straight scenes that were just me and Dom and then there were scenes that were from the play in a play. Yeah. And I remember being like, what the fuck is this shit writing? <laughs> um, sorry. Joseph, language. But then, <laughs> then it dawning and be like, oh, this is actually great writing. Redemption. Now. <laughs> Redemption. <laughs> Well, how did you feel, I guess, mm. with your character? Because it is like some of the scenes in there are quite confronting. Yeah. And I guess one of the questions I, I could ask is um, how did you approach that as an, as an actor? Mm. Um, yeah, so there's, there's some really straight scenes that are just Joey being an actor and talking, and then there's play in the play scenes that are this version of the play that could exist uh, or is being presented or pitched um, that present these, yeah, really intense situations all around race and power, like Matt was talking about, dominance. Um, I think uh, that that stuff is... It, it can be tricky because it's very real mm. and it's um, it's all inspired by real shit that happens in the real world and that people... Uh, have to put up with every day so for me as as tricky as it is it is 100% worth doing it because I don't want to I don't want to water it down mm. that is the experience that a lot of people have and that is it's an experience that should be shown and 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 so that people can feel heard and feel seen and feel validated so yeah it can be tricky but I, I was only ever like happy to do it if everyone else in the room was happy for it to be there and if and if it didn't make sense in the storytelling it wouldn't be there but I think all of those moments especially like that last scene which is the moment that inspires Lainey to write the play her being racially abused on a train mm. which the character I'm playing is the perpetrator of like it it is the payoff of the play and if it wasn't if it didn't make sense if it didn't work if it wasn't worth it I, I would hate that it was there mm. but there is the yeah the two-sided nature of it that it's awful it's definitely not my favourite thing to do um, but uh, it's important that it's there and, and necessary that it's there so that we see how far we've gone from it. We, we see, we go back to the flea bag scene and it's like, that started from that. Yeah, and like, yeah. that's all these money people come out of the walls mm. whenever there's the potential for something to, to make a bit of cash. And they, they taint it and they ruin it. So, yeah, for me, as long as it's connected to the integral part of a yeah. story and an arc and a character mm -hmm. and then in the room itself that everyone's feeling safe and I'm not going to do it until we're doing it. And oh, Rachel, we got another one. Oh, my goodness. Hang on. Oh, my God. Oh, it's crazy. Hi, Renee and Christelle. Congratulations. Amazing performance. Oh, thank and you. all the cast as well. That was, that was so good. Um, so I just wanted to, like you said, this was done four times. So how, like with the process, you kind of explained it, but... Um, does it like do you do you go after each run like and see what you want to cull before the next one or like keep and what you like the most or do you just bring it to the cast and see what kind of suits the mem the casting that you've done how yes. does that work yeah that's a really great question yeah. um also thank you for s your kind words and supporting us that means a lot um love heart um what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just got like distracted. Complimenting you. Yeah, you, you, Renee hears a compliment. She's like, oh my God. Stop. Stop it. Keep going. No. Um, uh, I was talking about like kind of. The um, fourth and how, yeah, yeah. how we colour it. Yeah. Um, I think there's definitely a few sketches that are like our 
not to be biased, but like our faves yeah. or like our like the ones that we yeah. do bring back. But if we are bringing them back, we are very conscious of not doing them exactly the same. Mm. Um, we're bringing in, you know, whether it's rewriting it or redirecting it. Um, we've got a new cast, so we want to play with it like it is new for the very first time um, and see what sort of other outlooks we can bring. So I think maybe there's maybe like three or so sketches that are like staples and sometimes we intertwine with them so we might go okay we'll bring you know the she let razor one um in you know for say like uh the second time but then we didn't bring it in the third time or something like that and then we brought it back again so it's just alternating and also trying to curate something that works for the show as a whole and not just like oh this is like so funny ha 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 like Mm. you know it's what's the best as a whole and the messages that we're trying to portray and I feel like yep. it does also change with the cast as well that we have because, you know, that we may be like, oh, there was this sketch idea that I had, but, uh, it, you know, it didn't really work the last time. And then they might be like, let's improv it. And then you bring it out and you're like, oh, my God, that's the best thing ever. Write that down right now. Um, so it definitely does depend on on all of that. But that's I think that's also the fun part is that we get to have different groups of creators every single time mm. and bring so many different sketches to life and even an old sketch that we bring back it it's completely changed like Chalette for example initially was a 50s um kind of commercial and then it just came to like more modern day because we're like that actually happens in modern day well you know um it can be like related to then so yeah it definitely depends on the cast and um yeah it's very much like a moment to moment and you also have obviously like the featured guests as well yes so uh, where where did they come into the the whole rehearsal process of choosing what works within the entire flow of things mm. we're, we're very lucky to have the most amazing featured guests ever mostly um and it was really great because so many of them um it, like when it comes to the casting process we kind of with our featured artists were um kind of asking them to bring forth something that they might want to do or something that they have workshopped already and so with all of the pieces that they had brought to us we were basically like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> we were like, how are you this good? Like, it's it's all of their ideas are so amazing and they really brought their pieces to life. Like, you know, they would ask us for like, oh, can I have a rehearsal here? But they were very much their own um, performance and their own piece. Right. Um, and it just, the way that it, it integrated, I guess, was because we, we very much chose people that we thought it, it just worked with the whole style of Tough Titties. Mm. Um and we're very lucky that so many things, different things can work with Tough Titties. So, um, yeah, I guess I guess it was – they kind of brought their own thing, which was really amazing. Yeah. 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 And I think also, like, they – it's – for featured artists, we want them to have as much creative control as possible. Like, this is their piece and so they can decide how much rehearsal time that they would want and, you know, direction as well that they may need. So it's completely up to them if they're like, hey, I need three times a week a check-in – it's like, yep, cool, we'll arrange that. If they're like, no, nah, I'm just going to wing it. It's yeah. like, all right. <laughs> all right you do you. We're like, hang on. Um, but yeah, it's completely up to them. And we try to make sure that they have, yeah, as much creative freedom as yeah. possible. Um, Love that. Yeah. Creative freedom. All for it. So a massive thank you yet again to the team at Meiraki Arts Bar for letting us host those Q&A sessions there this year. Okay, so next up, we have a couple of favourite clips of mine from throughout 2023 that I'd just like to reflect on and share with you. 
So these are some interviews that have stuck with me because of the guests I had on, because of the stories that they shared, and just because of the pure love and energy they brought to the podcast. You'll first hear from the hilarious duo Mel and Sam, followed by Vidya Macon, as well as Michelle Brazier, and lastly, Sharon Millerchip. Mel O'Brien and Samantha Andrew. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Now, don't, I don't. want that as my alarm <laughs> to wake up every morning because I'm pretty G'd up in this studio now, right we now. we'll be employing you for the website. Yeah. <laughs> that was very good. That if was I a slay introduction. I would just take that and we'll send it straight to you. Hello, hello. Ooh, I love that. And my partner, Samantha yeah, Andrew. Part- like, so true, though. Yeah. <laughs> you remember people, we had, remember that person who was like, we, we, made this TikTok about when the Fitzroy Garage Party. Were you across this? No. Fitzroy yeah. Garage Party was like this this big TikTok trend of these like inner North boys who like did this party. Long story okay. short, we like were just like fucking around at home and like did this improv like song about it. Yeah. And the caption of the TikTok was like when 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 you're like pissing around and then you're like your wife is just on the same level and then the, yeah. the comments were like that is so beautiful. When did I you love get that married? You're married? I oh. love that you girls are actually in a relationship. Like I thought you were just best friends, but you and we're like let's go with this. Yeah, <laughs> we have not. Corrected it yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, sex sells. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thank, no, sorry. thank yes. you so much. Thank you. That was chaotic. Thank you very much for having us. No, I'm very Tiki one so like poignant to me because I used to tour for Top Deck over really? in Europe. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, and so whenever I say like in Tiki tour, I just automatically know the Do you person. Know, so that song was kind of written about this couple who. I went on a Katiki tour to Morocco and this song is oh, set yeah. in Morocco with my mate from school was like, you know, we're in our twenties. Let's, it wasn't a Katiki tour. It was an intrepid, but same yeah, gifts, same you know, thing. we're traveling. Yeah. <laughs> and there was this couple who had just met on Tinder and oh. they were like in their sixties Yeah. and they were on this tour. And it was really funny because there was one time where I was knocking on their door because we were really close with them. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, Hey, do you want to come and, you know, see the marketplace with us? And you heard this like running behind the doors and oh. then the door opened and she's in a towel and he's like in the bathroom. And I was like, oh my God. Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it was so beautiful. Like, That's so good. This teenage kind of romance and yeah. passion and love. And yeah, so it's partly based on them, but also yeah. partly based on imagination. Yeah. yeah, of course. Reform is a show based on an, it, the true story and it's you know it's sort of verbatim theater so a lot of the dialogue between me and the other person who is tim um is really what we said and based on messages and things i got scammed by a man during the lockdown i tried to buy a pilates reformer online and he scammed me and instead of going to the police i became his friend and his you know his confidant and his emergency <laughs> contact and um, yeah, and it's just, I guess it's a, it's a lesson in like radical empathy and, and curiosity, making you a happier person than vengeful mm. things. I, I don't know. I guess it's, it's definitely a cautionary tale, but I wouldn't say it's a cautionary tale that you'd expect if you hear it's a cautionary tale of a yeah. scammer. It's kind of like, yeah, go out there, go be scammed. It might be good yeah, for you. Like, <laughs> might make a friend. And then uh, just like how yeah. involved I think you two became with just was fascinating because like you said like you were his like kind of online therapist for a little while you know just like trying to talk yeah. him through breakups and all this other stuff it's yeah it was quite um, a I was 17 I'd moved to Melbourne I'd never ever lived out of home so okay I, I was you know bang in a new city living on my own mm. uh, doing a job I was a swing so um which is it's kind of like an understudy but you cover multiple roles yeah uh and 
so I'd never had any experience. I didn't know what that entailed. I didn't really know how to do that. I didn't have any sort of technique to, to, to learning the roles or how to sort of organise myself. So it was a big learning curve sort of on yeah. the job. Yeah, it was. I learned a lot in that first couple of years. That's incredible. Amazing. And then uh, that was in the original Melbourne company. Right, right. So, uh, yeah. And then I went, then we did the first Australian tour and I went on, I played Demeter in that role. Yeah, and swings, all hail swings. Swings. Incredible Honestly, people. swings work so hard. Swings are super talented and they're the, yeah. the glue that holds the show together. And yeah. now that I've worked sort of on the other side, you know, sort of in a, um, you know, a creative positions off stage, I truly more than ever understand the value of yeah. swings. And well, they I mean, really are. working with six, you know, the queens over there. Like amazing, amazing. Yeah. The swings, you know, they well, they're super swings. They are. They they, they cover all are. the roles and they go on for all of them. Yeah, yeah. We had um, Kiara on last year because right. um, I realised that we went to the same high school and <gasps> I was like, it was so good to see like where she's gone. Oh, she's so great. Oh, she's so talented. Yep. I remember so talented. watching her and um, her brother Daniel yep. um, at school, and they were always up at like the you know the theatre nights and the show nights, and they were when they've had dancing it was so cute we were on in melbourne we were on one side of the street in six she was starring in six and he was on the other side of the show oh, on the road doing hamilton yeah and it was sort of like these two little you know that's so cute <laughs> they were like you know kids they were like yeah. my gosh our, our wildest dreams have actually come true it's insane isn't yeah. it i yeah. love it it's very wholesome <laughs> it's so wholesome they are so wholesome yeah. i'm so proud of them i'm like their mother Each one of those women, as well as all of the guests we've had on the podcast throughout season two and season three this year, have honestly been an absolute delight. I'd like to take this time to thank every single one of our listeners who have listened to all the episodes for season two and currently running season three. Even if you've listened to just one episode, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. A massive thank you to Marty at Echidna Audio for allowing us to use the equipment and use the space to record our episodes and for producing the podcast. To say thank you to all of our listeners, I have a few snippets of what to expect from the rest of season three heading into 2024. You're going to hear some quick clips from three episodes that I have coming up, the first featuring Laura Murphy as she discusses her next musical production, Zombie the Musical, as well as the team behind Belvoir Street's Never Closer and the return of my favourite duo, the Tragic Thespians. Thank you once again to all of our listeners and I'll see you in 2024. I hope everyone has a safe and happy holidays and I wish you all a very happy new year. Yeah, you will hear about it for sure. Um, and the dismissal is getting uh, rave reviews as well. You, you got people likening it to Australia's version of Hamilton. You know, you got people. I saw one quote that was like, Great. "This is the best show of the of the net last ten years," and I'm like, "That is massive." Like, how do you feel when you um, hear people say things like that? Well, it's very kind, um, extremely generous because I am like really. Um, hard on myself or not hard on myself, but like I have really high expectations for the, the things that I'm a part of. And so when I hear like a part of, I, a part of me, when I hear lovely things, I'm like, yeah, but no, cause what we should have done. And I, well, it's, I'm just like, it's never good enough. It yeah. is never good enough to me. Um, and so I hear, yeah, there's been the, the response to the dismissal has been gorgeous. Um, and I've had to learn to like, it was the same with the lovers. I've had to learn to not be like, yeah, but (laughs) you know, I just they enjoyed it. They had an experience. That's great. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning as well for me. 
if the production is fine, um, great. Like yeah. I'm, I'm learning to, to be like, that's, that's all you just need it to be open and it to be fine. And, and that's, that'll help that I can sleep at night with that. I don't yeah. kind of stress myself out about being the Australia's answer to Hamilton. If I aimed for something like that, I would just never sleep at night yeah. and I would never finish it because, um, I would just feel like it's never done and it's never perfect. And yeah. so try to keep yeah. the stakes low for myself. Yeah, but yeah exactly. I hear things like Australia's answer to Hamilton and then I'm like, the stakes are so high. Oh, my God, Hamilton. <laughs> I know, answer. yeah. That's cool. That's why you're the director. <laughs> um, and Emma, so obviously um, now you played Deirdre yeah, in the I show. Um, so I, what was it like approaching her as a character? Um, oh, she, it's probably the most difficult role that I've ever undertaken. Mm. Um, she's... <sighs> How do I describe her? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, she's someone that has stayed um, in kind of one place physically her whole life. She's been in one town um, and kind of has this deep, deep pride and um, respect for the place that she lives in, um, that she's become quite protective of, of it and yeah, of the people right. that have stayed there. So she has this kind of resentment towards people that have left and gone on to do other things that have not worked on what she really cares about, which yeah. is, which is the place. Um, so she's really complicated because she, she yearns for um, these other things and other connections that she limits herself from because she believes so much in, um, in, in this place that yeah. she's like trying to work on. So yeah, it's she goes on a huge journey throughout this single mm. evening to kind of confront all of those emotions. Yeah, that's great. All the missed opportunities, yeah, and missed so communications, many. and she's she's held on to them. For the best part of the about the play is that you there are two scenes that are ten years later, right at mm. the start of the play, and so you get the effect of just seeing all of those missed opportunities yeah. accumulate on someone like instantly, instantly. Yeah. and then all come to a head in one evening. Um, it's beautiful. So yeah. it's pretty intense for Emma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would be. It's a big one. She yeah. she has. Yeah, like we say, this kind of youthful, just leaving school um, approach, like everything is um, possible yeah. to her. And then we jump 10 years and the weight of the world has really sat on her for yeah. that whole mm. 10 years. Yeah, right. So, And you do a very good job of yeah. depicting <laughs> that. Great chat. Well done. Well, um, I'd love to uh, go into our theatre thoughts questions. Yes, if that's yes. right. Um, I've decided to do them at the beginning of the episode. Oh, oh now, okay. Instead of the end. Okay. So, um, oh, let's see. Really shaking it up. Oh, no. <laughs> season three. Oh, my God. Season let's go. three. Wow. <laughs> it's a loose this season. What's in that water? <laughs> <laughs> Justin's um, turn, season three. Goodness. Whoa. <laughs> okay, well, let's see if your answers have changed since All I last right. asked you them. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, what's been your favourite production you've seen recently? I know what you're going to say. You, you have to go first. <laughs> um, well, uh, oh my God. Well, mine's actually going to be different to yours. 
I really enjoyed the spelling bee musical. Oh, we yeah, saw Putnam. Yeah, Putnam. <laughs> yeah. So good. I yeah. felt like it was really, it really, um, like enhanced, uh, like archetypes as mm. well. And it yeah. was like, it was just a lot of fun. And yeah. it's like, it's so hard to just watch a show and just like not, like just be. Uh, what's the word like hypnotized with mm. just how fun and silly it yeah. is and especially when they had the uh audience oh that was the best watching <laughs> them come up the audience come up and just endure it you know oh. as uh, as, all, as part of the show yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was the best and then just even the the stuff they made them like for instance they called them up one by one and they were like oh this is Bob Fisher, yeah, yeah, he yeah. recently um, had a dinner with Barnaby Joyce and loved <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. so you just see their faces go, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. How do I do this now? But the funniest part, and I, I don't know if you remember, but the funniest one was they had this the last one left because they tried to get them all out before the end of Act 1. Mm. Uh, the last one left had this ridiculous hard word and he spelt it correctly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. And so the guy who spelt it was just like, that's actually correct, yes. Yeah. And so they gave him like supercalifragilistic, like something yeah, ridiculous yeah, yeah. no yeah. one could spell. And he was like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. So good. Right. And each character was just so well established. It was just yeah. like beautiful, perfect acting. Like so, It really felt like you were in like America watching yeah. a spelling bee yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was just Good taking it show. too seriously. Yeah. It was so they fun. take that shit so seriously, yes. yeah, man. don't they? <laughs> Crazy. I thought that was a joke that like TV shows did for like funny exposition uh, about no, something. They, they're they're really serious businesses, about it. You know? yeah. Yeah. People words. make millions of dollars on spelling bees. Yeah, just being a good speller. Which is that's a fun thing you did when you were in year three and then yeah, it stopped yeah. after that. Do you know what I mean? I did a spelling contest when I was in high school and I lost yeah, it. Right. And I oh. ended up, you know, doing English teaching. So say what you will. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I have autocorrect. Yeah. So. It's like ChatGPT now, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. um, what about you, Ryan? Um, wicked. Oh, yeah? Because yeah. we finally saw it and it Lovely. was just great. Saw it twice. It was so great. We, yeah, we saw it twice. But it was great. Yeah. It was really good. It was like... Yeah, to, actually, we found the ticket. We were doing some like like cleaning some stuff up in our apartment, mm. oh. and we found my ticket. Yeah, from two thousand and ten when I went oh, and saw right. it. Right, and everything was mostly faded. Yeah, but you could see the date and you could oh, see Wicked on it and stuff. And I was cute. like, Oh, whoa! Like it just tripped me out. Yeah, mm. one of those classics. Um, you can't, yeah, and it's. I feel like the dynamic between the two. It's Sheridan and Courtney. Sheridan and yeah. Courtney. Yeah, Sheridan and Courtney. <laughs> They're very. Their chemistry is beautiful, mm. and it, they found a really good way to make it fresh. Yeah, for yeah. A musical that's yeah. so overdone, and it was just beautiful. And yeah. well, we had them in not oh, long ago for a chat. Yes. Yeah. So lovely. Yeah. God, they were lovely. They seem like such genuine, cool people. Yeah, Sheridan, you could just tell was so excited and grateful yeah. for the role that yeah. she had. And yeah, Courtney's yeah, yeah. obviously got like a wealth of experience behind her. Sure. Um, already just seemed like such a genuine person. Yeah. You know, right. really kind soul. It was um it was lovely having a music. Yeah. yeah. This episode was produced by Echidna Audio. Follow them on Instagram at Echidna Audio for all their audio services. Once again, if you enjoyed our podcast, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts and head to the link in this episode's description for our Instagram account, TikTok, YouTube, and Patreon. My name's Justin Clark, and I'll see you next time here on the Theatre Thoughts Podcast.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 